So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about a few considerations you should have when you're either dating to marry somebody or maybe you're married and you're dating. I think the bigger focus is dating right now, but... True, but so dating is just a means to an end of just connecting with your spouse and it's an attitude of engagement, yes. is what I'll say. So dating is usually just a mechanism by which you get yourself into a different uh, environment, that's the word, mm -hmm. <laughs> or a situation that you're going to actually have a new experience together. So, But there's like kind of underlying... Uh, beliefs and different things that that undergird kind of your dating situation yes. right whether you're dating before marriage or within marriage okay right so courting versus dating and going on active dates together so it's gonna be a fun conversation thank you for joining us uh and we will see you on the other side welcome to the fierce marriage podcast where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage sex communication finances priorities purpose and everything in between Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. So we had our, four, well, our dating anniversary yesterday. Dating anniversary, how many years? 20 years Tw together. 20 years so together. This so this was the first time we said, hey... What do you think about me? What do you think about you? <laughs> should, we, a, I, should we date or should we not? And I remember there that. There was just some some things just needed to be talked about. I need to lay, I need, to, just... I need to set the the sound the the landscape here. For okay. People. okay. Okay. So we were at a friend's house. Yeah. Having a campfire. We had a, you know, it was like a it was like a campfire in, in their backyard. Yes. And we were making s'mores, mm -hmm. and it was me and you and two other another two other couple friends. They weren't even a couple; they were just no. friends. Yeah. And. And then, but they all kind of like, everybody could sense this kind of like <laughs> tension. tension in the air. And it wasn't sexual tension because we were, I don't think that was on our minds, to be honest. Maybe it was on some deep level. <laughs> Probably not. not anyway, at 16. <laughs> not at 16. Honestly, I was just so smitten by this girl and we were really good friends. And I was like, I'll give you a ride home. And so I was giving you a ride home and it was the weirdest drive <laughs> Because I think we both were like, okay, this, we, we need to talk about this. There's a huge elephant. A huge <laughs> elephant was in the back seat. we need to talk about it. <laughs> and I, I, I'm ashamed to say, like, I definitely, like, was was chickening out. You were. You were. Looking back, I'm like, you totally chickened out. Okay, but at the same time, I didn't want to, I wanted to. I was like, uh, where do we stand? <laughs> I'm just like, and I haven't changed in some ways. <laughs> I want definitive. Uh, I want to know. But not like, I wasn't, I was, I wasn't like it bull in a china cabinet i don't think it was that no you were super insistent. meek you were very meek and but also like you were you just you wanted to cut to the chase <laughs> well because this has been like i think a few weeks like obviously we had developed feelings for each other we were attracted to each other we were flirting a lot i had like hanging years. out i had i had a fancy for you years <laughs> in advance two years i actually saw year. selena for the first time when i was in eighth grade you oh. were playing in pe class mm -hmm. my mom was getting interviewing for a job at the Christian school that Selena went to. Mm -hmm. And while she was interviewing, I had to go and be super awkward and like visit these classes with all these, <laughs> you had, all these weirdos. Like, a friend there. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't showed up yet. <laughs> and I saw you across the gymnasium and I'm not exaggerating. My heart dropped <laughs> like through the soles of my shoes. And I, I was like, who is this? Who I is have this to say, beauty to behold? I don't remember that day because we were playing my favorite game in PE, which is Flickerball. <laughs> And I was so excited to play that I didn't notice anything else. <laughs> well, I was pretty. I was pretty unforgettable. Uh, I mean, I mean, I was pretty forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant to say. 
So, I, I was very easy to forget as so, a young man. So. Anyways, we were we were reminiscing about this, and I, I dug up some old photos because this was before the digital age, somewhat. <laughs> I always had a film camera with me, and like you did I did not. Yeah, but anyways, we dug up some old photos, and it's it's a weird thing to see your young children say. Look at Daddy's hair. When was that? Did you get married? Like at in our homecoming pictures and okay, so we, we're in the Northwest, right? That was right in the peak of like the grunge age. <laughs> yes. So I was all in. He was all in. I was all in. He's always all in. I'm still all in. I still I still really like really enjoy Northwest grunge. So, anyways, the thing that sort of I don't know just cemented our relationship and like the culture of our relationship was that he said. At like three in the morning, so we just stayed it up talking. That, it wasn't that late. Okay, it, it was probably like midnight or something. We were we were we were not even touching. We were just talking in the car. Talking we in the car. Hands. Nope. We hadn't even held hands yet. Nope. That would come like a week later after <laughs> football camp, and I was on going on vacation yeah. with my family like the next day. Um, but the thing that you said that I will never ever forget for our entire lives was that I wouldn't I wouldn't date you if it if I didn't think that I would marry you someday or that i Jeez. wouldn't date if I, I wouldn't date someone i didn't think i could i would marry intense not could much? marry but would marry I'm, i was intense no apparently. but i was like absolutely like i wouldn't want this either i don't i don't want to do this if it's there's no purpose in it like there's nothing yeah. there's no end game here because that just yeah. sounds like a heart heartbreaking well it's amazing how that that attitude kind of cemented the whole trajectory like you said of our dating relationship we dated for four years Starting there. Two years in high school and then two years in college. Got married after our sophomore year in college mm-hmm. and then finished college as a mar- young married couple mm-hmm. working full time and going to school full time. Both of us. That was intense, but it was <laughs> so fun. Right. Um, and we had a blast. But yeah, so it kind of it kind of set the trajectory for our dating experience because I was like, this is I, I'm not going to um, I'm not going to do anything that I wouldn't. I, in, uh, <laughs> I can't, it's hard to explain, but I wanted to respect you in such a way that, cause you were, I saw you as my future wife and mm-hmm. I saw this relationship that we were date and our dating relationship was the beginning of our marriage relationship. Yeah. And I didn't want to do anything I was going to regret. Right. And so we, my, my dad was very um, adamant about teaching me that sex before marriage was not good, not right. And that he had, he had some apt threats that went along <laughs> with that. They involved a dull machete. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And they were very effective for me. I think given my grunge <laughs> face, I needed some, I needed a violent visual. And um, also, and I just kind of, I think the Holy Spirit was, was so gracious in convicting us in those ways. Right. And so we may, we actually didn't, I mean, we struggled, we, we struggled with stay, staying pure, although we didn't, um, we, we didn't have sex, sex before we got married. We didn't even kiss for the first few months. Like we just held hands and yeah, that was about it. Boy, that was a steep cliff though. Once we started kissing, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't get any easier. I always recommend young couples like don't kiss as long as you possibly can <laughs> because it is like, it's a gateway <laughs> drug. It is a gateway drug. Like, if it you're going to start kissing now, you should probably start planning your wedding, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so don't kiss unless you is got a wedding. Is that what you're going to tell our daughters? <laughs> Absolutely. Without without shame. So, anyways, we're going we're gonna to talk about dating. Um, and I, all of this can definitely be applied to your marriage, depending on mm-hmm. where you're at spiritually and, um, and where you're at, what struggles you might be facing in your marriage. Um, but kind of our focus is if you are dating somebody, are you dating them with purpose? Are you dating with the end in mind? And again, if you're not, then why? Mm. I mean, that's kind of one of the big questions. Um, But also, 
also dating within the end in mind as a married couple because what is the end in mind as a married couple well it's your life together but it's also eternity with christ and so there's this sense of i'm courting and stewarding your heart and doing all that with a uh with an end in mind it's not just to get something here and now right it's it's to steward your heart and love you as christ has loved me yes as christ has loved the church and serve you so before that housekeeping (laughs) housekeeping we're getting so excited to talk about this yeah you know i think it's a it's a ripe topic for us in our hearts in the season we're in but anyway um yeah so housekeeping is this if you have uh, enjoyed this podcast uh go ahead and leave a rating and review on itunes or whatever Podbean or wherever you get this streaming podcast it helps us a lot it's a thing there's a lot of listeners on there hey Podbeaners. (laughs) is that what you call it (laughs) um anyway a little. Uh, rating and review goes a long way. We really appreciate it. It's just a way, easy way for you to say thanks uh, for this content. If that's something that you want to say, <laughs> you don't have to say it if you don't want to say it. You have to say it. Okay, so she has spoken. <laughs> I have to agree. Okay, second one is Patreon. So we had a fun, fun week on Patreon. Patreon is because. Uh, so if you don't know, Patreon is where we connect with our listeners and you're able, they're able to support us directly. Um, but we have shown a preview of a course. Actually, by the time this comes out, the course will be available to our oh, Patreon wow. patrons. Wow. And it's for our Fierce Marriage book. And it's a six-week course. There's like, I don't know how many sessions. I want to say there's 25 or 26 sessions. They're not all videos, only six video sessions, but they're, they're little, they're not sessions, they're modules. So like you would do three in a day or three in a week Gotcha. and you would get downloads and videos nice. and there's audio supplemental materials. Anyway, so we've wow. made that available for free. It'll be for sale to, um, alongside our Fierce Marriage book. But patrons get but it. But patrons will get it for free. All patrons? I think so for this one. Wowie. Uh, for a limited time, we'll make it available to all go. patrons. And then at some point we will probably just bump it up to a higher level, but awesome anyway so if you want to be a part of what we're doing not just to get that okay so we what we win you to is what we win what we win you with is what we win you to so what i mean by that is that if we want patrons who are locked in and excited about god's plan for marriage and getting that message out to as many people as possible uh i don't mind if you hop on there just to get the free stuff but we really just want partners that's that's what patreon is for Mm -hmm. for passionate partners it's a lot of peace. Passionate patron partners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There's links everywhere in the show notes for this and also on our website if you forget that URL. Uh, the last one is uh, if you have a question, go to fierce marriage.com slash podcast and you can leave a question there or you can call this number or text 971 333 1120. Okay, there goes our our rundown or that was our uh housekeeping. Our housekeeping. Slow down. Take a breath. Okay, before we jump in, I got to get something off my chest. You can't say jump in. That's you my said thing now. I couldn't say I commandeered it. it. So you can't say it. <laughs> you don't. You can't tell me what to say. Uh, so I always tell you what to say. Who did the rundown? We've had a, I've had a, I had a rough week. Me. I had a rough Tuesday. Uh-oh. So we record this on Thursday. I had to get under the house and get the most disgusting <laughs> rotten rat that had died under there. It was starting to get a little stinky in our house. We I live... swear some of these maggots were big enough to eat my That's face gross. off. They were so big. We have trees and a lot of wildlife in our neighborhood. It's kind of, it's cool for now. I don't know how long it'll last, to be honest. Hello, development. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that leads us to have some critters sometimes under our house. It's an epidemic. <laughs> it's There's got to be a marriage analogy in there somewhere. <laughs> get the rats out of your crawl space. <laughs> <laughs> got a rotten rat. That's going to, that'll be our next book. Mm. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about this dating. Oh, I thought you you just had you just wanted to share that. Well, about... I needed to get it off my chest. Okay. It's cathartic. Okay. 
Yeah. Feel just, better? I feel better. Okay. Thank you. So, yeah, we're going to talk about dating again. Um, and we are talking about, we're kind of covering a lot of topics, but just some things to remember as we go into our conversation today that historically dating in culture did not happen like in Jesus's day, right? Like they... I don't even know if they courted, but like there, well, there it was, was a, a very like, there yeah, a there's betrothal. a betrothal. Yeah. There was very humongous family involvement, which is very different than our culture today. Most I'd say in the Western culture. Yeah, I mean, there's um, certainly a, a <clears throat> sense of like young affection, young love, but then there was very, they were much more quick to jump on the merit, the path to marriage. And that path was an engagement or a betrothal, which was much more, it was almost like was as like an, binding as a marriage. Yeah. And it was like an economic gain, I think too, for families. It was, it, it was more than just like, we love each other. And sometimes I think that was even not there at the moment, but yeah. it was more of like two families coming together, two tribes, two, um, I don't even know what another word would be, but just, it's this coming together of, you know, it's not just a man and a woman. It's like a man it's a and clan. his family yeah. and a woman and her family. Yes, yes. And they're getting together. That, I think, with to contrast with where we are today. Where there's literally singles, right? Like there's single You are people. single. You are every man for himself. Like you go anywhere and you're, if it's singles, it's going to be like a meat market. Look at just like the, the app landscape. Okay, we're talking to Fierce Marriage listeners. So maybe they don't. I know <laughs> I've never like actually me. downloaded a dating know. app. Yeah. But I, I know enough and I've read enough online and I've seen enough online to know that there is a, an epidemic. We're, we're looking at an epidemic in the dating world. Mm. Uh, our friend, Kate Warman, she does the, the Heart of Dating podcast. So good, too. It's totally gospel-centered. And she is actually like mucking her way through this yes, mire yes. very elegant, eloquently. Yes. And so if, if you're in the dating space, definitely check out the Heart of Dating on iTunes. But anyway, she says like it's just unbelievable the the hookup culture, the app culture, and how it's so individualistic. And it's literally, it's you've commoditized yeah. human sexuality. You've commoditized human relationships to the point where people will hook up. And like, I've been working in Starbucks and I've seen people walk in. This is in Seattle and it was on Queen Anne. And I saw, I was working there and I saw two college kids walk in. They said nothing. And they went into the bathroom. They were in there for like five minutes and they left. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, yikes. And I can't help but think, okay, they must have just swiped left or whatever on the whatever app they're using. Goodness. And they both decided, hey, well, let's hook up. And they went and met, you know, at two o'clock one day. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine the kind of self-worth issues that this couple is going to have? Right. And all the pressure they might even be feeling um, to date, to connect with somebody or just to, you know, burn some steam i guess it's just well because there's the pressure to to engage in that yeah there's also pressure to perform to, in that well to perf- perform in that and there's pressure to say that that was fun and that was good and it was what i want mm. when deep down none of these people are saying that's that's good and that's what i want no no <laughs> and so anyway i want to we're, we're not going to go down that rabbit trail today we're going to talk more uh, on terms of these considerations healthy ways to approach right. dating but i want to be clear you can, you can, I think these will be helpful whether you're married or you're not. Yeah. So if you, and like we well, said earlier, it's the dating relationship within your marriage or your dating relationship headed into marriage. Right. Right. And I think both. It's kind of that runway. The, yeah. Yeah. And I, the bottom line, which we always talk about is just remembering who God is, right? He is sovereign above every situation, desire and need. He's perfectly loving. If marriage is in his plan for you, he's going to be faithful to work it out in both of That's you. That's so good. Thank you. Um, and our complete fulfillment and identity, and we talk about this all the time, married or not, should first be found in Christ and not in the person we are 
dating or even married to or our children anybody outside of christ Mm. um and that's a that's a daily battle for all of us that is not like okay good my identity and my fulfillment is in christ check move on it's like nope still trying to figure that one out every day in new ways and new decisions um so uh i know we've been saying got questions a lot but it really is a great resource to just understand and unpack some of these ideas and um, just a quote from there was to seek God and he will fulfill or change your desires uh, in his perfect way in his perfect time would you would we want it any other way if you look at the story of Isaac and Rebecca and how God brought them together in Genesis 24 it was sovereignly planned and controlled by God he holds our every moment in his hands and he will not let us slip through the cracks of his fingers he cradles our lives and our hearts in his hands, and he will not forget his children. If God has intended marriage for you, he will bring it to fruition and will be faithful to guide you in your role in bringing it about. In the meantime, seek God in what he, is, he has for you now. God has a purpose for each of us, single or married, and it's a shame to miss living his purpose fully for you in whatever season you're in by becoming too focused on whatever season he has in store for you next. And I think that's, that applies to mm. us even today i think that's one of our biggest struggles you know yeah. even with kids with life with ministry you're you're you you're planning and you're kind of seeing but you can't allow yourself to be too focused and taken up into the future because you may yeah. not be you may you know god knows the number of our days and so yeah um so i i we have a lot of listeners that are listening to this in the dating stage of their life mm-hmm. in fact we will we'll answer a question um, at the end of this, yeah, where we'll talk about uh, there's a young a young lady who is um, has a pretty deep question about her dating relationship with her uh, with her boyfriend who has admitted a addiction to pornography and she's wondering what's her role in that. Mm. Okay, so wow. yeah, so that that's going to be a good conversation. We don't actually know the answer. I think we're gonna we we we've thought, talked through it, but we're gonna talk through <laughs> it kind of in real time. <laughs> no, no, I think it's good to hear how yeah. the thoughts like we don't have to be. Like we can think through this in light of scripture and let people be part of that process. Okay. We don't have to have the answer ready. Um, but so there's a lot of listeners and that's, this could be you where you're kind of in this dating space. Um, and so I just want to know that, okay, so everything that we're going to talk about today is, is kind of with you in mind, but again, it applies to married couples as mm-hmm. well. So what's the first thing? So, so the first, yeah, the first thing to consider, you know, in your marriage or in the person that you might be. Um, mm. looking forward to marriage with is, is talking about your leaves, your leaves, your beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of leaf you got today? I need a maple leaf. You know what I'm saying? Stop. Not a vine maple. <laughs> oh my goodness. That just, I just brings me back to like Adam and Eve illustration. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I just like... Okay. Rhubarb leaf. <laughs> the gravity of belief. So we always start with beliefs here. If you are new to our podcast, you will learn that. If you've been here, you know that we talk about beliefs because this is where it all starts. Yeah. So asking and answering the big questions, what do you believe? What should you believe? And how you answer those questions really determine how you act and uh, the decisions that you make within within your relationship. Yeah. I... Um... As we talk through this topic and think through this, I keep thinking hypothetical of a hypothetical couple who comes to us and they're like, should we get married mm-hmm. or should we, should we pursue marriage and date as if that's the end game? And as we've said, I believe that dating should always have that end game in mind, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I don't know. That doesn't mean that you have to spend, you know, a year or more with every person you ever go on a date with. I think there's a difference between going on a date with somebody and actually dating them or actually like. What's the old ter- old old school Court phrase? Them. Courting. <laughs> That's, That's not, really far. Sorry. That's so far back. <laughs> I was going to say going steady. 
<laughs> That's like <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, anyway, <laughs> going steady or patrol, though, either one. We'll either one. <laughs> um, but the whole, I, I honestly think that you should, if, if you're going to, there's no like sampling process. Right, right. right. You, and love is a commitment. And that's why I'm picturing this couple who comes to us and says, oh, should we get married? And then our first question is, what do you believe? Right. What do you believe about Christ? What do you believe about yourself in, term, in, in, in terms of who God says you are right. as a person created in his image, but also a sinner fallen and in need of saving? Mm-hmm. And that informs who Christ is. Right. Therefore, that, then, then that turns your identity on its head. And so if this couple comes to us and says, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a Christian or I'm nominal, I'm a nominal, they'll never say that, but they'll say, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a believer, but they never read their Bible. They don't understand the gospel. They don't actually believe. They just grew up that way. Right. Then I'm going to say to them, I don't think you should, you're not, I don't think you should get married. I think you're headed into a world of hurt. And they say, oh, I care about this person. I love him or I love her so much. How can you tell us not to get married? We're in love. And I'm, I would be, hopefully I'd have enough relationship capital with this couple to say, what you're feeling is affection and affection is a part of love, but it's not love itself. Mm -hmm. And love itself takes time. It's a commitment. It's an action. And you can't love if you don't understand love yeah and you don't know the other person like you can't really truly love someone if you don't truly know them and i think and you can't love them if you don't truly know what love is it's like we tell our daughters you can't use that word unless you know what it means and you mean what it means so stop saying that word love (laughs) because let's we you don't even we don't even we're not using the same word we're using different definitions right and i think that you and i in our experience you know I think I would probably, if I wasn't married to you and I was hypothetically dating someone, in my mind, I imagine that I would Total be... idiot, I would, whoever this guy no, is. No, I would, I would have the same question that you had. Like, I'm not in this to, like, fool around. I'm in this to, you know... And maybe that would scare somebody away or that causes the person that God has for you to be like, yes, I agree. And I think you and I had a lot of the same foundational beliefs at a very young age. We had been raised in these... In these yeah understandings of the Bible and scripture and who God is. And we both had individual relationships with him. We sound like hyper-spiritual teenagers, but God's, I just think his grace was over us in a lot of ways. And so we were able to ask, you were able to ask and say that very intense statement that seems intense now, but even hearing you say it and remembering that moment, it didn't feel intense. It felt very affirming to me because I was like, yes. And I felt like you were leading this when you said that. I don't know what I was on. And it all, well, it all came from our <laughs> beliefs is what I'm trying yeah, to say. No, and I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't undo it. I definitely, um, you know, obviously here we are. It's kind of funny to hear as adults, it but is. it's also, I'm just like, wow, thank you God for if some starting our six, relationship off. If some 16 year old boy tries to say that to our daughters, like he <laughs> better have pounded. evidence. <laughs> he better not just be saying that because he knows me or he know, <laughs> like, he better have evidence that this is actually a truth that he believes. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. Hypothetical okay. boyfriends <laughs> for our daughters. She's five. I got some time. <laughs> uh, five and three. That's how old we are. Okay. So talking about your beliefs is a big thing. Uh, understanding what <clears throat> you believe about God, what you believe about love, and what your understanding of that is in terms of uh, scripture is hugely important. Mm. Understanding your identity, who you are, uh, who, what what is what is the purpose of marriage what do you guys believe about the purpose of marriage is it to make you happy is it to have sex is it to you know Mm. just feel complete or is it do you understand there's a higher purpose see how this is a self self um selecting demographic like as you go down this list it it honestly 
it pushes that that dating age out because yeah. I feel like it takes time to learn these things. Right. And it takes time and security. It takes time to get in your security with Christ and to, you know, just get to know him. Right. And get to know his identity that he's placed on you right. as his, you know, a, a, as his beloved. That takes time. So it starts right. to push it out. I want to, I mean, yes, you've asked all these hard questions. I want to kind of explain a little bit why belief is so important. So we talked about how it, it fuels everything, but here's an analogy that I think is really helpful. And it's, this comes from our book, Two is One. Uh-huh. Um, this is actually the first day. It's a 30-day thing. Anyway, it says, think of belief as gravity and your behavior as a one-pound rock. You're tasked with keeping the rock in the air for as long as possible. You toss it up, but it always falls back to the ground. You may build a contraption to launch it five miles into the sky. You might even engineer some wings and a rocket to make it fly. With a lot of work, scheming, and fuel, you may be able to keep it up for an hour or two. In all cases, the rock will always fall back to the ground. So what if your life depended on keeping this rock in the air forever? Now, what if the rock weighed a 1,000 pounds? Mm. The heavier the rock, the lower your chances for success, unless <laughs> you reversed the law of gravity. Then everything would change. So the, the conclusion is this, belief in Jesus changes everything. Fix your eyes on him and he'll renew your mind and change your heart. This is all based on Romans 12 too, renewing your mind, transforming your heart, mm. all those sorts of things, be, be, being renewed by the, uh, by the, uh, be, being transformed by the renewal of your mind. So the idea, so if, if you don't understand love, if you don't understand Christ, you don't understand what you actually believe there, you won't understand love. And it'll be impossible to act like you know love. Right. It'll be impossible to act out love in a sustainable way. You might be able to keep it afloat long enough to uh, get engaged, buy a ring, go through a wedding, and make right. it through a couple years of marriage. Right. But what happens when all of a sudden, you know, like this young couple, they're saying, oh, he's, uh, he's addicted to pornography. Or, right. And all of a sudden your trust is shattered. Right. Or all of a sudden there is, God forbid, a, a betrayal that you know is a mm-hmm. is an emotional or physical affair the, so, your beliefs will determine how you handle and uh, and approach the covenant of marriage right. and how you love within it and understanding that takes us into our second one which is understanding the way of covenant when we understand who god is who we are in light of christ um, understanding his love for us and how that bears weight um in in helping us make this covenant with each other. This is, again, not a contract. So we're talking about covenant versus contract. A a lot of times we can go into marriage if we have the wrong beliefs with a contractual um, idea in in how it functions and how Mm. marriage looks. You keep me happy. Like, I will love you. I will feel these feelings of love towards you as long as you do what I want you to do. But if you're tired and don't want to do what I want to do, then my love's going to start fading. You know, it's a very contractual, you give me this, I'll give you that. You know, keeping things separate, like finances, and not really covenant is is a unification, right? There's we're making a covenant to or becoming one. There's there's weight there. There is there is depth that is supposed to happen. There is a solidifying of souls, of of physical bodies. There's there's just all of this unification that happens when you um, come under the covenant of marriage, and. If we have the wrong beliefs and we are not understanding what covenant is in terms of scripture, in terms of the purposes of marriage, then we will absolutely enter it with a contractual idea. We'll have this attitude of, you know, again, and our section, this is, and then it comes out in like managing sexual expectations, right? And it comes out in our finances. And if it's always me versus you, or I want what I want and it's not what you want, well, we make it what you want, you know, kind of thing, or you're not giving me all the things I need. That's when we 
we start questioning, well, am I really, do I really love this person? Mm. Am I really in love? I, I love them, but I'm not in love, right? There's those feelings of, of, well, I don't really feel like I'm in love. Well, if you believe the Bible and what it says about love, love is not a feeling. You know, it's something like you said, it's something right. that you grow into, you start understanding it's patient, it's kind, it's, it's not self-serving it's enduring like (laughs) all the things that you might be feeling are not the true definitions of love and then you're starting to make all kinds of decisions about your life and your marriage that will Mm. will break up that unity will destroy that foundation and leave both of you broken is that too black and white maybe (laughs) well i think it's important and it's it's a big pill to swallow and it's not easy to say okay well i'm I'm serious about dating Mm -hmm. this is so countercultural. that's why i think it's hard is it's, it's really hard for young couples to say, or a young man or a young woman to say, I'm really serious about dating. So let me understand the weight of covenant. Okay, cause <laughs> we no, never said that at our age, like no. when we were dating, well, but I, we understood that. I think my parents were really good at exemplifying that because my dad basically was like, yeah, marriage is for life. And he was so good about, that was just the way it Absolutely. is. That's yeah. the way it is. Yeah. And so I knew that if I was committed to you, I was just, it was not going to change. It was right. a fixed point. Mm-hmm. You were a fixed point in my life that you were not replaceable. Mm-hmm. Even when we were dating, I had that attitude because it wasn't always like, oh, I'm just so infatuated with Selena. We fought, we broke up a few times. You broke up with me. Yeah, because you were being super naggy. Whatever. <laughs> and needy. And who came back? Uh, yeah, well, we won't talk about that. <laughs> Both times. <laughs> uh, you're still frustrated you by thought, that. You thought, no, you thought that. I was late to class that because you'd broken up with me one day and you came, I was late to class the next day because I had a meeting or something and you thought I was just like all wrecked because of you. And I, oh, you were though. I was not. <laughs> my pilot. heart was. <laughs> my heart was, but I wasn't going to show you that. So. Well, I think. Um, yeah. I win. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll I give win. you that. I obviously got the girl. So. <laughs> but yeah, so it wasn't like we had this perfect dating relationship and it wasn't perfect understanding of all things (laughs) right and there was definitely and i'm just being honest here and i was definitely like okay well i'm committed to selena but oh i could probably date like any other girl and we went went to college (laughs) we went to college we went to different colleges on purpose on purpose yeah while dating i think for this reason and i i went to university of washington and there's literally fifty thousand students there undergrad and, and graduate alike possibly more yeah and possibly more by now and so my, my Econ 101 class, the first class I ever walked into was three times the size of our entire high school, <laughs> the classroom. Yeah. And literally the, the, the professor could care less whether or not you come. That's college life, right? Right. You're a number. You're just a number and you're lucky if you even get, you know, to talk to the TA. And so, yeah, there's all these co-heads and everybody walking around and I'm like, wow, I could, you know, and there's, there are quality people there in, in some regard. And it's like, okay, so I'm committed to Selena, but should I be? And the, right. and the the question that kept, and it kept coming around to like well she's my best friend right. I love her mm-hmm. and like I know I know that she's worth it it wasn't like it always felt that way as I'm trying to say it wasn't right. always this, and you had the same I think you had yeah. at least a few of those occurrences yeah total idiots <laughs> pretty much <laughs> anyway pretty much. so the point is is like I think we have to come around to this understanding of what it means that we're of what we're headed into yeah it's counting the cost really yeah. because if you haven't counted the cost you're going to be bankrupt <laughs> right? Well, and if, and if we aren't pursuing this understanding of what love is, you know, when yeah. you get to marriage, then you are going to be faced with hard things. Like the honeymoon phase does not last. You're going to be faced with real life and that's good. 
That's a good thing. God has designed it that way. Yeah. And there's challenges to be faced. And it, it, it it's crazy to me how much your beliefs play into everything and how much your understanding of love and covenant. Like, I'm so mad at my husband right now that I don't even want to be around him. But yet you've made this covenant like you're not going anywhere. You're not going to go pursue feelings, emotions, any sort of connection with any other guy just because you're feeling angry right now or whatever. You're talking about the wife in the situation. Yes. Sorry. Just try to keep up. I thought you were talking about me pursuing another guy. No, definitely not. Nope. (laughs) But if all these things come into play, and I hope we're painting that picture somewhat clearly, is, you know, the the first thing is really just... Understanding belief, understanding the gravity of belief. The second yeah. thing is understanding the weight of covenant. So underneath those beliefs. And I think, and I'll get into the third one if that's all right. Yeah. Um, so if you're understanding covenant, you're, like Selena was saying, it gets really difficult at times. Well, that's why it's crucial in this third one is to begin creating a um, kind of a, a network of advocates. <laughs> right. For I your think marriage, of like a right? board of advisors or something. Yeah, you like. have like relationship advisors or right. relationship advocates yes. in place, people that know you well enough. To know when they, you are going off the rails. Yes. Uh, in our, we had an interview with Kate Warman. We mentioned her earlier, but we actually interviewed her on this podcast, and we yeah. we were on hers as well. But she talked about dating, and the, one of the phrases that she brought up, with came, which came from Scott Kadersha. Oh, funny. Is sub, oh, yeah. submarining. <laughs> and the submarining is basically like you start dating, you get so exclusive that you never hang out with any of your friends, and now all of a sudden you are just off the map, and you're doing who knows what, and no one knows what you're doing, and you're probably getting into trouble. And so a set of marriage advisors and advocates would be the ones to say, hey, poke your head up here. You're totally missing it. You guys are off the rails and you're headed toward disaster. Yeah. And we're telling you this because we love you. We know Jesus Mm -hmm. and we're trying to help give you godly wisdom in this area. Mm -hmm. And I think having we didn't have as many advisors in, in the time that we were in our parents pretty much gave us the green light to get married. Mm. There was no real red flags, which was, which was helpful. Yeah. Um, but now that we are married, having advocates, people in place for our marriage, which I know that that was one thing I think that our parents vowed, like after we left the celebration and all that, I think my mom was just telling me that they, the council met, the council met and they said that they never want to interfere with and take sides with our marriage. Like if we're going to talk about it, you know, basically they're going to advocate for our, our relationship and our marriage and not just, oh, well, you're totally right, Selena. Like you should just treat him like this so that he understands, you know, there's just, n- we're not mm. going to go there. And so having advocates in place again for those hard times, for those moments, and also for the good times that they can celebrate and know that you've walked through some hard stuff. And guess what? We get to celebrate together. Yeah. That's huge. So it's one thing to have that board in place those people yeah. and it doesn't have to be a ton of people it could be just like a handful three three or four couples or two or three couples that know you well mm-hmm. or just maybe a, a guy mentor or, you know just make sure you have at least three on each, each side uh, it's one thing to have that and to be mindful to create it it's another to actually listen to them mm-hmm. proverbs twelve fifteen: the way of the fool is right in his own eyes but a wise man or woman listens to advice mm-hmm. listens to advice <laughs> okay, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes and so we tend to think, okay, we're good, and but we have blind spots, mm-hmm. and we have things that we don't even anticipate. We have aspects of our personality, aspects of our relationship that we need others who, who we trust. Okay, mm-hmm. that's key. We trust to love us and look out for our holiness and our good and for God's glory. Mm-hmm. So we have to trust them and listen to their advice. Right. If they're throwing up red flags, 
listen, ask questions. Why, Mm -hmm. why should I not pursue marriage with this person? What are your concerns? Because it's only when we can have those open conversations with people that care about us and that know us, Mm. um, that we can really understand God's truth in the situation. And they might be seeing something that we aren't seeing. And as a person who might be speaking into a dating relationship, doing that with all the love and care and saying, I feel like this is, you know, the most loving thing I can do is to be honest with you about a few of my concerns and not, you know, to just lord it over them or preach at them, but really come alongside them and journey with them and and say, these are my concerns. I I see this happening in both of you. I don't know if this is something that um, can and will and should be worked out at a certain point or if there's, you know, a way to walk forward and move forward in this. Um, So I think just having that wisdom and counsel it would have been so assuring, I think, for us to be able to have a place we could go and even ask hard questions and give be given like the truthful answers in love. Yeah, I I, I do think we had some of that in place. I mean, my, a little bit. My parents were pretty. The thing is, is like we, I I definitely had I think some unhealthy dating relationships prior to meeting you because they were. I mean, I was in middle school and like what else? What, it was so pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> He Ryan was pretty much my first love, so but he got all the had firsts. I had I gone to my dad and been like, I want to, I really want to marry this girl, <laughs> and it was one of those other die girls, for you, from, die for you, Riley. <laughs> and my dad probably would have been like, let's talk about this a little bit more. Right. Here's why I don't think it's probably a good idea. But right. with you, it was different because what did you say? We then? were always I don't so. Think I ever knew this. Did you just tell him you want to get married? Yeah. Well, yeah, they knew long before I even asked you. Yeah. To marry me, yeah, and my mom was the one who said. Well, I know you should... she orchestrated our class schedules to like get us together. I remember sitting in the laundry room at my parents' house. I was back from college, yeah, for the winter break oh, or I something. Think I've heard this. Aww. I was sitting in there and I was Keep like, going. "Yeah, I'm going to ask Selena to marry me," and she she knew that was coming, and she's yeah. like, "Well, we should, you should." Um, she said, uh, "You should." I was like, I was thinking about maybe doing something really extravagant. And my mom was like, you should take her to New York City and, and propose. Oh, and that was her idea? I can't remember. I don't know. It was one of your ideas. Anyway, she was the one who was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> and so I I couldn't afford it because I was in college. And they weren't going to pay for it, obviously. <laughs> so I ended up selling my car. I oh, I had to buy your ring, too. That's why you sold your car. I sold the car to buy the ring. It was not a very expensive car, guys. Don't. <laughs> it was like a $3,000 car. <laughs> yes. I sold it. I think I, we inherited a diamond from my, gram, uh-huh. my grandmother. Uh-huh. So that was the 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 main, the main stone. Yep. And then I bought a setting. I think it was like twelve hundred bucks or something. Yeah. And um. It's so and then special. I spent like then I bought tickets and then my brother met us in mm-hmm. New York. So we weren't like staying in a hotel room alone. <laughs> we had a friend meet us there too. Yeah. And so we were we were in the same hotel room but not alone. Yeah. In hindsight, I probably wouldn't do that part again. <laughs> um. Anyway, we can't afford two hotel rooms yeah. in New York. <laughs> well, I probably would have figured out another way. Yeah, I would have figured out. I would have slept on the streets with the bums in December. It was December 2018th when we yeah, got engaged. Yeah. Anyway, so what was I, what was I getting at? Oh, my, we had people, I think, in our lives that would mm-hmm. have called us on it, but I think they they we had been responding to their wisdom kind of all along the way. Right, right. And so it wouldn't have made sense for us to go that route because everyone in our lives was, it was so organic, I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. So I think the point is, is that... you. You will know, and people in your life will also know. If there's any red flags, mm-hmm. it's time to listen to those. Okay? Right, right. 
Um, and the go- same goes for your actual marriage. If you're married and you have people in your lives who know you in biblical community, yeah, they will call you on the same, not the same stuff, but they'll call you in the same fashion. They'll mm-hmm. call you on like, Hey, I saw how you talked to your wife. Not cool, man. <laughs> you know, so you're not, not cool. showing the love of Christ to her. So on and so forth. Or she, you know, she was explaining how she feels, whatever. So you have to have that board of advisors, those people in your life that you actually um, trust to call you on stuff. Okay. The next one. Um, what we have here is, uh, this is the fourth one, inspect your foundation. So the big question here is why do you and the person you're dating want to get married? Right. So we've talked about should you. Now what is your motivation for, for this? Mm-hmm. Now you understand covenant. You know, you you have to share the same beliefs. It still might be premature. Yeah. If you're, if you're. It's kind of like, what's your, your answer first, to that question is immature. What's your, yeah. What's your first response? Like, why do you want to get married? And if it's like. Purely physical attraction right. or you feel like you're in love or you're just you're, it's you're like when acting Phyllis, in haste. when Phyllis asks Michael, why do you want to break up with Oh, <laughs> when they're having an ice cream? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, he, she's like, I'm don't think, just answer. I'm happy when I'm like, with her. Yeah. What do you want to do about Jan? He's like, I want to break up with her. And it's like, okay, well, what is that first, what is that first instinct? <laughs> I don't right? know if that's the best way to go about this. Well, <laughs> Uh, so the, you know, I think it's good to examine those, those motives. (laughs) So yeah, just looking at your motivation, I think is huge. Attraction's good. It's an important, but it's, but it's not sustainable. So you have to have, have to have, understand a biblical version of love. Like we've talked about. Right. And then go from there saying, okay, this is the way that I want to, I'm going to honor. Maybe the next step is marriage because you're honoring God with that relationship. Right. You know, and it is, there can be a sense and there most likely will be a sense of, I love this woman or this man, and I want to spend my life with him or her. Mm-hmm. And this is the next step. I know for us, we got married fairly young because we had already been dating for four years. Mm-hmm. But also, I remember thinking, I re- read in that verse, like, it's better to marry than to burn with passion. <laughs> because it was, we were not like winning. We were slowly losing, I think, that battle of passion. The physical the battle physical. of passion. Yeah. Yes. And that we were, we were getting... Uh, we had, obviously we had relapses and things where we were trying not to be as like f- physically, we ne- like I said, we never had sex, but man, did we get close? <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and I'm just being transparent. And so I definitely think we could have honored God more in that area of our dating relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think getting married, what was kind of, I read that scripture and I was like, okay, I'm willing to count this cost and go on this adventure with this, with this girl. I think you said we either need to break up or get married. <laughs> <laughs> that was something along those lines. Yeah, well, and I was like, well, that's not happening. And here <laughs> not we are. Not breaking up. So, yeah. So just, you know, inspecting your foundation, you know, what are you, is it purely physical attraction? Do they just make you feel like you're in love? Do you feel like you're happy or, you know, cause again, mm. the truth about our beliefs is that there's, there's purposes for marriage. There's, there's this, yeah. there's a standard of love that Christ has given us and he's given us wisdom and guidance and how we should love each other. Um, but when we get married, there's a whole aspect and purpose of sanctification. Yes, mm. marriage includes joy and happiness, but that's not the ultimate goal or purpose of marriage. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it's it's to make us more like Jesus, right? To to burn out some of those impurities that are within us, because mm-hmm. God knows our our spouse will bring those about all the time. Hot big red buttons just pushing them all the time right yeah um, priorities identifying what you would deem as a mm. priority and are you in agreement with that you know how do you prioritize things mm. yeah. how you prioritize how you prioritize things now is very different than when you get married and it all again it depends on what you value whose authority you're living under yeah. or you're submitting to um i think another way to word this inspect your foundation i think could have been um, calibrate your expectations as well yeah because a lot of times these these foundational kind of premises 
tend to lead to bad expectations. Right. Right. So a lot of couples, I mean, the first year is, is, is wrought with, um, Oh man, I wish I I, I wish I would have known. Yeah, or I thought this it was going to be like this expectation was wrong. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like this and it was actually like this. Right. I expected our house to, you know, our our household to have this culture and instead it has this culture and you realize, mm. wow, this is not what I expected. Right. And so understanding what Selena's talking about that, you know, the 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 direction and the priority of marriage and sanctification and, you know, um, that you, route of glorifying God helps really calibrate those expectations. And again, which is another reason why having advocates in place for your marriage and kind of that advisory board to say, yeah, like it's it's kind of a high to get married, but then you know, you got to deal with real life, but we're here with you. We're going to help you. And, um, talking about, you know, we had a whole family of origin, um, podcast episode that I was like, Oh yeah, this will be fun. And you're like, let's talk about it. And I start talking and just start crying (laughs) unexpectedly talking about, you know, my parents' divorce and how that has affected me and how that's affected our relationship. And so talking about those kinds of things and inspecting your foundation. I mean, we knew where each other had come from, um, we were very young, and so I think we didn't understand the weight of some of that. But as we got married and as we, you know, our beliefs were in line about love and covenant, we weren't going to leave each other. It's like we had this safe space to be able to work through some of those struggles that we might have grown up with, you know, about not mm. like how to deal with conflict and how to like, I don't need to necessarily yell like we can just talk it out which is a hard thing for me yeah. when I'm, when I feel very heated about something, right. Or I'm very emotionally mm. like involved. The more we talk about this, the more our like very base premise is true to me is that if it weren't for Christ, we would be divorced Yeah, <laughs> because we didn't have any, we didn't have any of this like knowledge in hand per se. I think we had the grace of God over our lives and we had, we had the idea of covenant. Like we weren't going to go anywhere. That was, yeah, that was for sure. But I, but I, I just think like without as, Jesus, we would not, we, we wouldn't would not be, as, be married. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't. We probably wouldn't be married. We probably wouldn't be thriving and like happy to be married to each other. Yeah, um, at least. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay. The, the fifth one. We got to kind of get going here. The fifth one is loving their soul first. Okay, so in dating and considering marriage, emphasize what matters most and be flexible everywhere else. Okay, so. We talked about, um, if we get flack for this, but we talk about making your spouse your standard of attractiveness or your standard of beauty. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, that's just a mind game. And we're saying, no, like that is a sense that I'm loving your soul, right. which is your beauty comes with your soul. And therefore, like your soul is what makes your beauty beautiful. And it makes everything else n- not up to that standard because they're not your soul and they're not right. you. And that's what making each other your standard of, of beauty means. And so by loving your soul first... You're actually loving the only the eternal part of each other. Mm. And so when it's uh, someone once said, it's not C.S. Lewis, but although he often gets attributed with this quote, that, yeah. but you know, that we are not a body and we're not a body. We have a soul. We are a soul. We have a body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very true. And it, there is a, a pushback on that and that we do have a body that God's given us and it's for our, his glory. And we're to, you, you know, so we're not to just throw out the body right. with the bathwater. Because <laughs> 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 there will be a regen, you know, a re, remade version of that and, you know, eschatology, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But, <laughs> and so I don't, I just, I want to kind of, you know, hedge that, that sta- saying a little bit. Right. But I think falling, falling, in love, falling in love with each other's soul, in other words, your personality of, uh, your affections for Christ, right. your ability to see beauty. And that's one thing that just got me about you is that you see beauty in everything and you'll, you don't, you never miss an amazing sunset, 
an amazing viewpoint. We're oftentimes we're just going around the city and you know living our lives, and Selena says, "Oh, look, you can see the Olympics today," <laughs> and you'll point it out, and it's off like dozens of miles away. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'll be. Yeah, you well, can. Well, I think that's like the richest part of our relationship, like you said, is just our souls and that eternal being because it never gets old with Christ. Like, yes, our skin's yeah. going to fade, our physical abilities, capabilities, everything is going to fade. But who you are, who God, is, who God has made you to be is never going to fade. And we can cultivate who we are spiritually um, through spiritual disciplines and through our friendship. Like that continues to grow, continues to evolve, continues to be made new because of Christ yeah. and because of who he is. And so that never gets old. That never, it never gets old. And that's what makes dating and being married yeah. the best, I think. Yeah. So I think an easy way to say that is just don't overemphasize the surface qualities yeah. in each other. And, you know, overemphasize that his, you know, his attractiveness or even like your your career, your trajectory in life or any of that stuff that's very surfacey. Instead, love the soul. Right. Love the heart. Love love your affections for Christ mm-hmm. and love uh, just the friendship. Yeah. Okay. Because that, that stuff's never going to change. Right. It's, it's going to get richer in time. Everything else can change right. and probably will change. And the Bible doesn't, we're going to, you know, the Bible doesn't say specifically, okay, date this way or do these things, but it does talk about how we can, you know, guard our hearts. Proverbs four twenty three: keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the springs of life. Um, it talks about how believers mm-hmm. should marry only other believers in Second Corinthians six fourteen: do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness, righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness. I know yeah. we'll probably get some questions and emails about that. That's, that's all right. That's Why? great. Why? I think it's very <clears throat> clear and I think it's good wisdom and I, I don't think, think anybody too. would push back on it. I think well, if, somebody's if you believe the Bible, you won't push well, back on but it. But if somebody's married to somebody who's an unbeliever, then that can be Then hard. they'll be the ones to say, that was a good verse. I wish I would have heard it before <laughs> right. I got married because it's hard. It's hard being yes. married to an unbeliever. I'm trying to be compassionate. Here. No, I, you're right. And I don't want to, I'm not being uncompassionate. Squash I'm being real it. about it because no, I feel true. like a lot of couples, a lot of them write in and say, my husband or my wife isn't engaging and I'm a believer. She's not, or he's not. Right, right. And I don't, like, all I can say to that couple is pray and trust mm-hmm. God and mm-hmm. hope and love him or her well and God. keep loving him or her well. Yeah. And but the problem is they're always going to feel that sense of they're pulling the plow by themselves. Right. That's what unequally yoked means. Right. You've got a huge ox and a tiny goat on one side. The ox is going to bear all the weight of the work. That's how a couple that's unequally yoked feels. Right. And, and God of, is sovereign and able to use that situation. Of course. And there there are glory. amazing miracle stories yes. of those couples becoming equally yoked. Right. But this is why Christ, this is why God... In, Instructs us, yeah. Paul. Yeah, and then Mark yeah. ten nine of whatever what therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Knowing that God has has joined you together, if you are married or if you are pursuing marriage, mm, love that. Yeah. I think it's just a really beautiful assurance of of who God is, the purpose He has for your life, um, and I think all just all the fulfillment that can go along with that. There's just which I don't actually know, leads, just, I think. To our question. To me. So, yes. And I want to talk about a little bit more. There's going to be a question along those lines about what, when is God actually joining you together? And when does that actually hmm. happen? Before that, um, let's talk about resources. So there's a, a book by Matt Chandler. It's Matt and Lauren Chandler. Actually, yeah. I think they wrote it together. It's a, basically an exegesis of, of Song of Solomon. Hmm. For, I don't know that it, I think it's for dating to marry couples or engaged couples. It's kind of a courtship book, mm-hmm. um, but it's also for young 
um, newly, new, not young, but just newly married. Newly married, yeah. It's called a ming- the mingling of souls. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, and it's 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 a good book, and it's based on, like I said, Song of Solomon, and I think it's based on a bunch of messages that Matt preached at some point. Um, but check that out; it's definitely a worthwhile resource. Now, as far as the cu- couples conversation challenge. Um, we kind of opened with this earlier. I, um, you know, is the person that you're dating someone you would consider marrying? I know that the person and, I'm dating is someone I'd consider marrying. <laughs> and if so, why? And if not, why not? If like, she wasn't knocked up, I'd marry her. <laughs> <laughs> I'd marry you all over uh-huh. again. <laughs> you did this to me. <laughs> so anyways, just have have that conversation maybe with some mentors or... It, it, it seems like it shouldn't be a surprise, right? It shouldn't. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably considering marriage while you're dating. And so yeah. this should not be like, oh, maybe I should talk about this. <laughs> yeah. It's very much a, a natural response. Of, it's a self-selecting demographic <laughs> right, is what it is. Right. They, yeah. So talking, okay, we have this last <clears throat> question because it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, she says, I f- I'm so grateful for your podcast. I'm still in the dating stage of my life. So this has been a great light to shine on my relationship and what I look forward to in the future. With all that said, my boyfriend, who is a believer, came to me last night and said he thinks he's addicted to porn. He's used it as a way to cope with stress for the past nine years. He's noticed that it's affecting our relationship. No real surprise there. (laughs) He's taking steps with his friends. They put locks on his phone and browser, and I'm so proud uh, of him for doing that. We've talked about marriage, and I'm so glad this is coming out now and not after we got married. But I'm obviously not his wife, so my question after all, it's, it's super long, is just what's my role in this? Well, first off, you're asking the right question. Uh, what is your role in this? Um, and that, I think, to be honest, um, not a lot other than, you know, this is your brother in Christ. Right. Okay? So you're not one. You're not one flesh. We talked about Mark 10, 9 is what, what, um, what, what God puts together therefore what god has joined together let not man separate Mm -hmm. okay so that's not you yet right that's not you that's a passage talking about marriage specifically that the larger context of that passage um you're dating right there's not there's not a other than betrothal right so mary and joseph were betrothed there's a lot of betrothal that happened within uh within scripture before marriage actually took place that was as if you were like you were reserved for marriage. You right. were, you're marked. That's going away. You don't even have that. And I'm tr- I mean I mean that genuinely. I'm not trying to be dismissive. It's truth. Yes. It's just true. Yes. And so to have your boyfriend come to you and say I'm dealing with this porn addiction, I think honestly is a is over the line a little bit. I think he can tell you he's dealing with sin. I, and and it's you know you've already you've already rang that bell. So no no condemnation. None of that. Right. I'm just saying like that is a domain that you have not been made privy to as his girlfriend. Right. And so it's right for you. I think it's right for you, um, to encourage him at, in his walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. It's right for you to encourage him to live transparently with other men Mm -hmm. and other people of authority, godly men, other people of authority in your life to root out the sin in his life. It's, it's right for you to fight for his holiness as a brother in Christ. It's not right for you to act like his wife when you're not his wife. Right. And a wife is somebody who is made privy to this deep um, kind of sexual part of a person. Yes. A wife or a husband. And that's reserved for the marriage bed. And mm-hmm. in, 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 um, in Hebrews says, let the marriage bed remain pure. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a marriage bed. It's not a dating bed. It's not a engaged bed. It's not a singles bed. It's a marriage bed. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that goes into that. But what, what the point is, is that it's okay for you to... Um, 
The battle is his, not yours. Not yes. ours. It's not an ours yes. yet. Yes. And, so, and it's okay to not be ours. It's okay for him for him to be battling with his brothers in Christ and for you to pray for his purity and for you to pray for, you know. Your purity. Your purity and to pursue Christ. But other than that, you know, there's not much that you can do. And to, to be honest, just, just because, yes, it's good that it... it I guess it's good that it's coming out now, but at the same time, like it, it still happens in marriage. And just because you think that we're, I'm trying to it's say not a so nicely. Done. It's right? not a one and done. Usually, it's an ongoing pursuit of of just knowing the nature purity. of addiction and the nature of sexual addiction yes. and, and the prevalence and the availability of pornography. Yes. It's very likely that this will be a lifelong struggle. Yes, and, and it doesn't have to be a violent struggle, right. right? I know that it's something that I am constantly aware of, though I'm not struggling with it. Yes, in the sense that I've figured out how to like just be wise mm-hmm. you have people in place to yeah you know be transparent with and each other is the first thing you know that we are transparent with each other and we know what's happening so i i guess my biggest my biggest my biggest warning i'll say that word mm-hmm. is to don't play house in mm-hmm. this don't so play married That's you're not the one married that could hurt your relationship the most i think because what you're doing is inviting each other into a place of intimacy emotionally mm-hmm. that is not yours to be in. Yeah. It's not yours to occupy. You haven't made the covenant yet. Now, if if he wants if he wants to honor you, I think he will honor that, and he will he will seek his own righteousness for God's glory, not to earn you, mm-hmm. but for God's glory, and he will love you because God has loved him, mm. not because not because he he's trying to get you to marry him, right? Right. And there's a lot of nuance here, so please don't write in. I'm I'm not trying to be overly prescriptive, prescriptive yeah. or anything like that. I'm just uh, that's where my heart goes with this. Yeah. So anyway, you're asking the right question, and I think it's it's okay for you as his girlfriend to to um, what's the word to basically like abstain from that conversation with him yeah. and say, I appreciate you being honest with me. However, I don't think it's my place to advise or encourage you specifically in this area. I'm gonna pray for you. I'll pray for your your purity. I pray for your you know your your walk in this, but abstain from it, right. essentially. Right. It's just not your and business. Yeah. yeah, it's not an easy thing to do now that you know, but it is something that I think is, is honoring to each other and to God and the boundaries mm-hmm. that he's placed on marriage for the greater purpose of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm struggling a little bit because there is a sense of like, so is every person, every guy or girl who struggles with pornography just supposed to like bottle bottle it up from their spouse or, or their future spouse if they're engaged or dating. And I think engage within within engagement. I think that's more of a betrothal sort of period. I think there's mm-hmm. more room for that conversation within uh, couples counseling. That's what I'll say. Right, right. So it's within counseling or within all of that. mentorship, yes. not just one on one. But yes. you've got people that are helping you work through these conversations before right. before you get into the marriage covenant. Right. So yeah, if I mean, would you say that to this person if they're boyfriend and girlfriend and they are pursuing yeah. marriage? I think and if you're engaged you, in your premarital like... counseling, I think this is a place for it to happen. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. okay see, we got there. We got there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pray for us. We're running out of time. So, Lord, I thank you for um, the listeners who are tuned in to this podcast, the, the husband, the wife, the dating young man or young lady. I just pray that you would be the the core of their affection, that they would want nothing more than more of you. Jesus, and that from that desire for more of you, they would find wisdom, they would find joy, they would find Holy Spirit, you would guide their steps, you'd be the light unto their path and the lamp unto their feet mm-hmm. um, by your word and by by just your Holy Spirit and your prompting. So God, I just pray for the marriages who are struggling right now that you would uh, 
uh, equip them with hope and joy in that struggle, knowing that you are still sovereign. And I pray that you give them endurance mm-hmm. to live within this covenant in a way that glorifies you. Anyway, we, we pray all these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. This episode is... You can. All right. We will see you in about seven days. And until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.